Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. It's where I speak to bands and artists about the things they do so they can keep on playing music and being part of their communities. 
an important thing for Jem from Speed, who I'm going to say it out the top, he is a classically trained flute player. He went to uni to study it. He's just coming off the tail end of teaching it. That is what today's episode is about, and I couldn't be happier. Jem speaks so eloquently about the communities the teaching flute has been to him as well as going to hardcore shows and being part of Speed from Sydney. They've just become huge over the last year, one of the world's biggest hardcore bands who are putting out interesting videos on YouTube about the places they're going to. When you watch those YouTube mini docs, you feel really involved in what they're going through. And, and it's, it's one of those things that you think, fuck, with all this technology and Google owning everything, this is what it's for for us you know we get to see this hardcore band travel the world make friends and be part of communities globally that's amazing that's the spirit i get from speed i'm really happy to do this cheers for listening if you like this episode make sure you subscribe leave a rating or a review that stuff helps me massively ratings and reviews and subscribers are really the measure of how I can keep this podcast up and how I can keep bringing brilliant guests like Jam and Speed to our ears, get their stories. So if you're able to spend 30 seconds doing that, leaving a review, subscribing, that would be massively appreciated. Thank you. 2000 Trees supports this show. Brilliant independent festival in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London. Gaslight Anthem are headlining next year. Also playing is Manchester Orchestra, Gouge Away, Teenage Wrist, and loads of other ace bands from indie rock to hardcore. So if you're looking for a festival to go to in the UK, it's camping Wednesday through to Saturday, so you get the Sunday off. 2000 Trees is the one. Tickets are the cheapest they'll be right now. And if you order them before the end of the year, then you get a free refund if later on you find out you can't go. Get your tickets now, 2000trees.co.uk. Okay, before we get into this chat, I've got Rebecca from Eka and also Ampolo here. Ampolo is the first all-in-one app connecting a global community of musicians to practice, record and collaborate. And there's some new features coming on there, aren't there, Rebecca? You can start making money as an artist. Other artists can remix your songs. What's going on over there? So we've heard people say before that the magic of the app is the fact that you're able to upload any music remove your instrument and play along so you feel part of the song. I mean, there's really no feeling like it when you're playing with one of your favourite songs and you feel like you're part of that band. We have revolutionary tools which allow you to layer your audio and video recordings to share and collaborate with others in your own real-time project. And that's all thanks to our AI music separation. All right, and Polo, download it now. Here we go, Gang Called Speed on 101 part-time jobs. Here's Jem. Speed has been so good and you've been so good in your... Because look, like the way we communicate with each other is social media. I think when social media first came into our lives, I think a lot of people were kind of pushing it away and being like, ah, you, you know, you don't want to give too much of yourself away personally, you know, or at least I wasn't someone to write about how I truly felt, which is, which is a, because I was maybe a bit scared of the technology and all that. Now, as time goes on, you know, I will post a photo of my friends and I'll be like, you know, thank you for having my back. Thank you for being there for me and giving me the good times. That's something that I really get out of speed is that your vulnerability to talk about that kind of stuff. Well, thanks for saying that. Um, I think that 
honestly, bro, I think like a big part of our experience here is just trying to put on show just how how normal we are as human beings. I think the beauty and the, the of hardcore and the reason why we're attracted to this space is because it it strips everything down. There's no like kind of like fireworks or sparkles or anything. It's just the realness of human beings. You know, it's like plug and play. You get in the pit. You, the, the the passion is real. The friendships, at least the friendships that I know that I've got from hardcore, are real. Um, the interactions to me seem real. You know, and uh, and especially like kind of experiencing other facets of like the music industry. And even just other facets of life, I, I, I see such a gap there. You know, I see something that is, is so missing that every time in my life since I was a kid, when I ventured in any other space, that seems to be the resounding kind of reflection is that I, there's, there's something that here that feels superficial that I, that I don't feel when I'm at, at the show or one of my friends that I know from the show. So that's the thing that keeps pulling me back. And I guess with speed, like the only mission that we have is just to be the best hardcore band that we can be and is to promote Australian hardcore culture. And part of our culture is just to be real, yeah, you know awesome. what I mean? Just be real, be authentic. And yeah. I appreciate you saying that because uh, it means that I, I guess it's communicating to someone across the world that way too. Totally. And it's funny that's the way the internet works is that sometimes you can have a, a YouTuber or, you know, whoever it is, someone that you really like. I mean, I love watching YouTube skate clips. That's kind of my break from work every day. Five minute skate clip on Thrasher is perfect for me. And, you know, the openness and the conversations and, you, you know, the, the stories from Thrasher and all the rest of it. That's something that I don't often get in real life or at least uh, apart from a few select people in my life. You know, that kind of honesty. Uh -huh is uh is something that you can do online uh -huh. um it's it's an interesting kind of turn it on its head thing you know online can be very real it can be very very realistic i guess like uh covid probably forced us a bit into that space as well you know and uh yeah under the timing of speed you know we started pretty much during like under burgeoning of covid and uh and, you know, in the absence of yeah. shows when, like, the physical setting is, like, the only setting where hardcore really ever traditionally existed <laughs> um, and really kind of, uh, it's really the only place that it, that, it, that it actually truly exists, actually, just period. But it just forced us to a space where we kind of have to rely on conversation. We have to rely on discourse, which I think is probably the first time ever since hardcore, in the hardcore's birth that we just have to talk about it, you know what I mean? So I guess it kind of normalized yeah. just being more yeah. vulnerable and bit normalized just kind of talking more shit <laughs> connection that's what music's that's about it. isn't yeah. it yeah 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 that's, that's cheesy or whatever it might sound i fully believe it it is about the realness of the human connection yeah. and that's why i'm here to be honest <laughs> big time if we believe it in this much if we do this if we if we dedicate this much of our lives to it we've got to say it how mm -hmm. it is you know mm -hmm. what were you like then what was your setup you know when speed started um you've been playing in bands before sydney what was your life like kind of what was your day-to-day -day? what were the the, the the big things in your life that you're doing i mean i'm really lucky i got like a, just the best friends in the world that i have here in sydney uh, all my family's from here born and bred um and really just like a day-to-day -day here is just like hanging out with my girl we live here hanging out with my friends hanging out with my brother going to shows here hardcore shows obviously um before speed i was in a band for 10, 10 or so years from, we started when I was 15. It was called Endless Heights. And um, mm -hmm. those are my high school friends as well. Some of my best friends are still today. And um, after that, like the day that we kind of talked about, you know, how we were going to settle things up um, was the day that my mind got onto starting Speed. And um, to be honest, like Speed was meant to be the band that was like where my life was slowing down. Like I toured for like 10 years or, or so already and like, going around the world and done, done all these things. And, and I was just really satisfied, bro. I like, I, I, 
we weren't like a massive band or anything, but like a, that I made great friendships, experienced so many awesome, amazing things. I was like so happy, but music is such a huge part of my life. I never want that to go away. And, um, and also like, I knew that there were some things on my bucket list. I hadn't ticked yet. And one of those things was just like singing in a hardcore band and also doing a hardcore band with my brother, like my little brother. So that's how speed was birthed essentially. And, um, and then around that as well, like I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm, I'm a musician, like, a through and through because like I was teaching music as well um for like the last 14 years right um what instrument um the classical flute incredible yeah so I uh I'm actually like next week is my last my last week um <laughs> of doing that um been doing that since no 2010 way. yeah 2011 yeah um and uh I've got a I had a degree in in that um from the music school here and uh I just I don't know I just just been teaching and like it was luckily for me it was like a kind of thing that i you know i love music but i think that like i just found like i picked up an instrument it was like a vehicle for me just to express it wasn't that it wasn't necessarily like i'm super 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 passionate about flute and like woodwind i think it was just the tool that i was just given so like it was a vehicle for me just to express right. myself to like kind of feel passion in a different way and then as i after i graduated like university it was like it was the vehicle that like led me to find teaching, you know, and like, I, I love working with kids. I love like being a mentor to, to kids too. Yeah. So super lucky that I, I found that. And, um, and it was also a job that kind of fit with my life when I was touring and that, you know, cause I could just do it, do it my own time. I could like work out my schedule and that. And, and so, yeah, that's pretty much my life. And then I guess aside from that, I love to eat food and I, uh, and I love, I, 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 I like to lift weights. <laughs> teaching classical flute. Uh, that is that is awesome. I mean, the first thing is that, you know, what a juxtaposition between that and hardcore. And then my second thought is, well, you know, these are both, like we said earlier, these are both transportations of communication. I can see those parallels between harsh, visceral, very tangible music that moves you and sweeping orchestral, you know, orchestral flutes. Um, you know, because that is also incredibly moving. It's like tectonically emotional. It honestly, man, it really it, it is. Yes, it really is. And it, that, I mean, like, uh, it's funny that you say that because the, f the flute in my life and that part of my life is a is very different to hardcore, uh, obviously. <laughs> but um, in terms of my relationship with it and and the way that I interact with both of those worlds, it's like I hugely different. Um, I love, bro, that you said that it's two forms of communication because that's really how I kind of, that's how I, I address it in my mind, how I, how, how I kind of make, make sense of it is that I, man, I love to talk shit. I love to hang out. I love to talk with people. I love to kick it. You know, I thought I just, I, the way I'm wired is I love to just be around people and talk, you know? And so with music, with flute, you know, like, as I said, I found that to be a vehicle for me to actually work with kids. And that was me to like communicate, I guess, my influence, you know, through that, through that medium. Flute just is the vehicle that I just used to do that. I just wound up doing it and never quit. Well, with hardcore, it's another vehicle for me to do that too. But I will say, bro, that like, I kind of really struggled with the flute towards the end of it. Like I was doing it because when I finished high school, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and like, I never had, I, 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 I'm, I'm fully Asian through and through, but my parents were like never Asian parents that pushed me, you know, <laughs> like, like they were really open-minded, quite like Westernized Asians, I would say, <laughs> you know, very open-minded and just chill right. with me. They were just like, 
do what you love, man. Like, just find what you want to do and just, just find what you love in life and just do that, do that. And I was like, fuck, I don't know what I like other than music, but I can't fucking go to a uni and, like, you'll go to a, do a degree in, like, hardcore, hardcore music or something, you know what I mean? So I thought, oh, well, this is, like, something I do and it's, it is music and maybe I'll just, like, grow my musical mind in a certain way. And anyways, long story short, by the end of it, like, going to, have you seen the movie Whiplash? Yeah. Okay. So like doing, going to uni for me was like going to doing whiplash, man. It was like, it was that experience. It fucking burnt me, bro. It burnt me so bad. And like, I, I, I was going through this mental, uh, this, this huge like wrestle in my mind of like feeling so much anxiety at uni, seeing so much performance anxiety, practicing five hours a day, every day, feeling so much pressure uh, to play to like, these people who were like so fancy and so proper and like really bro, like I didn't fit in at uni at all. I fully did not fit in. I was such an outsider. I did not level with like almost anyone there. Everyone must've thought I was such a freak because like, I just wasn't, I was, I, I, I like playing flute, but I just wasn't like, I wasn't a flute person. I wasn't that classical music. Like all their, all their fucking parents were in orchestras. Like they're playing golden flutes. They're fucking like mum owned or whatever. Like they're, like you know what i mean they li- they could listen to a sy- like some mm-hmm. symphony playing on the radio and just not only identify what movement it was by which composer but which like orchestra was playing it i was like bro i can barely even like i don't even i i, can't, I don't even know man you know what i mean you must have been at a certain level to to have gone to that school to get onto that course i like i got in i, I know it's the weird thing i got in but like i think i'm just i've been like i've been I've, i think i'm just wired where like okay the funny thing was that bro was that like i i I actually, I got in, but this is a really weird story. I got accepted to the course. This is the place. I got accepted it. to the course, okay, in, in university. And, and I didn't even know I even, I, if I even wanted to do it, right? But I just, my teachers at the time just were like, you should just try it. Just do it. You should, you should, you should do it. And I was like, fuck it. I'll just do an audition, whatever. I got in, got accepted. And by the time I got in, I was like, actually, fuck yeah, I want to do it. I actually, like, I, it's actually kind of sick. Like, I, I, I guess I had a change of heart. Mind my, 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 you, I was like 17. And, uh. Mm-hmm. when i got in and then they kind of reversed it and they're like actually sorry no like we we fucked up the enrollments we let too many people in you're not in for the flute course you're actually just in for the general course you know what i mean and the fact that they told me that i wasn't in like on reflection now like so many years later i just could i don't think i could hack the fact that they said like i wasn't good enough it, we, it and then at the time i didn't realize this but really for me like i was like mm. like pushing so hard to try and prove myself to them because I couldn't handle the fact that they were like, you ain't good enough to do this. And I was like, nah, I am. Fuck you. And so I just like wrecked myself trying to do it. Anyways, long story short, like to give you, to give you an idea, bro, like there's like one orchestra, like, like, uh, like maybe four orchestras in, in, in the whole country. And there's like three flute players in each orchestra. We're talking like 12, 12 flute players, 12 jobs. If you get that job, bro, you're like playing that job. You're not going to leave. You know what I mean? That's your salary. Right. So think about how many people play flute in, in the country. Like there's a shitload, right? There's heaps of them. <laughs> okay? Like it's so hard to get a job. That's why it's like whiplash. It's like trying to become like Olympic athlete, you know, what I mean? or something like that. Get the Olympics. I didn't know this before. I had no idea. Yeah. I just thought I also went to like a school where I was like one of four flute players. So I just thought like I was living in my own world. I was like, oh, I'm pretty good. Like obviously, because there's no one to compare to. <laughs> but uh, anyways. I realized by the end of it, I was like, I just am actually not, I don't actually have the passion to take me to the level I need to be at to do this. And at the same time as well, I was like, that's also when touring started picking up and like, I just, I, 
to go back to what I was resting in my mind about, what I was resting in my mind about was like killing myself over doing this instrument, which was so technical and having performance anxiety to play in front of like maybe five or 10 people who were just like critiquing me, who were just like fancy fucking like posh people who I shouldn't even give a fuck about. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, Mm. Then I would go and play like a hardcore show on the weekend to like 150 kids. And like the band, that my ba- my best friends who I'm playing in a band with don't even know what a time signature is. Like they're fully self-taught. Like they don't even know, like, you know, you know, they don't even know any kind of like yeah. musical jargon. And we, we, we're making yeah. so many mistakes the whole time, but it's real. And like, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sharing mm-hmm. such an insane sense of like passion and connection with all these people. Like that's so much more tangible than just playing classical music to like a room of 10 people who I don't even give a fuck about. You know what I'm saying? And I just reflected on that and I was like, how is this real? Like how is the, how is the disconnect here where you've got this thing like hardcore where I don't make any money out of it. There's no money in it. There's no like real trajectory out of it. There's this other thing here, which is like, there's a degree for it. And this is like hundreds and hundreds of years of like, you know, history and education and, and academics. Like it's an academic subject too. Like there's so much behind that. How does that, mm-hmm. How do I exist in these two worlds? And money, but I, that career. Yeah, but I love this so much more, you know? And at the time I didn't really understand it, but like, I just, I didn't know how to make sense of it, but I knew in my heart that like, this isn't for me. And that's why I say that I found teaching out of it. I'm just lucky that I, I, I found that as a vehicle to, yeah. to, be, to love teaching. And, but for music, like yeah. I realized like, what I really love in music is the realness of it. It's the human connection. It's that tangible, raw realness you don't have to fucking play like so technically flawless to connect with people to like to engage with people to kind of incite like passion and feeling and real emotion you know what i mean like it doesn't come down yeah. to that like yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah I mean, especially yeah we, we're literally comparing like the most tribal like genre in the world like hardcore punk to like the most like elite kind of thing and i would fucking you know like to me it's just all about this <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What a lesson to learn, you know, at such a young age and for you to really have to face that. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people, look, I mean, I think we should start high school at age like 30, you know, <laughs> you know, cause, cause we don't give enough time for ourselves to learn. You know, there is this kind of feeling where, you know, by the age, you're early twenties, you should know everything mm. or you, you should kind of have, have your feet fully on the ground. Realistically, I don't think people have that until they're until way later in life. So it strikes me that you had this very serious you know, this tension, this conflict internally of being like, okay, these are two things that, oh, this thing that I really want to try and do. And, you know, I've I've got a desire to prove myself as a flute player whilst also having this world that's so real. I mean, what what an incredible clash. I mean, talking about personal growth, you must have, you know, 
learned something about yourself. Learned so learned a lot about yourself there. Thank you. I mean, I mean, yeah. I think as well. You know, you're always a, you're always a student. Like I, uh, I mean, it's just the way the society is structured that you get out of high school and then you may be expected to be an adult. You're just launched into the world. But really, like, yeah. from learning every single day, I had I was talk talking to one of my students today. Like, because uh, my last my last lesson with her is next week. And I'm, they're going on to other teachers and I'm helping them find a new teacher. And she was kind of like bugging about like, you know, trying them out. And I told them, I was like, I had the same conversation with her. I was like, I'm still, a, I'm still a student now. And I know that from my experience that like, if you just learn from one person, you're only getting one perspective, like treat this as like opening up your mind and getting more philosophy from someone else, you know, that's off, off tangent. But I just, the point was that like, I'm always learning. You're always learning. You're always trying. If, 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 if your point is to grow at least. That's yeah. exactly what this conversation is about for me and how it's, it's it, different perspectives. And we're, I've got a poster above our toilet here that it's a Bill Nye quote. It just says, you know, every, you'll learn everything from anyone you ever meet. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll always meet someone who knows something that you don't. Mm -hmm. And that is a, a very, especially now where like, there's just so much hate and pain and like, you know, really people are fighting against each other all the time to have that kind of empathy and understanding that we've all got a lot to learn. I mean, that, that's an, that's an important part of this conversation that I'm doing. hundred you percent. Know? I 100% and and, we, and with you on that. I, I <laughs> feel very strongly about that too. So your last lesson is next week. Like right now, this is, you're winding down, mm. you're, show, you, you're telling your, 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 your students, you're showing them, you know, new, new teachers. What, what are the, the emotions that you're feeling right now? What are you going through currently with that? Well, it's a bit, uh, to explain that a little bit further, um, I've slowly been culling back my students from the start of the year. Um, pretty much, man, like when, uh, at the start of the year, I like started with 70 students and like I, I, I was teaching at multiple schools. I would teach at like two schools and I'd also have students that would come to my studio, you know, and, and learn with me after school hours. And um, I, like at the end of September last year in 2022, we are at already knew what we were doing up to September 2023. And like we had booked it like, well, like when we started speed, we were like, we're never going to be full time. This is going to be a chill band. This is going to be the band we're slowing down where we're like, you know, just moving on to our next phase of lives. And uh, anyway, so for this year, we were like, okay, like just we'll go away for two weeks at a time. You know, the longest tour speed's done so far has just been two weeks. And uh, and I was like, sick, I can do this. I can work in between, like whatever, it's fine. And literally like the first tour, we did Turnstile with four shows with Turnstile. And then from there, we went straight to go to like uh, Bangkok. And I remember landing in Bangkok. This is like literally like, I don't know, March 1 or February, last day of February or something. And I remember landing, I was just like, holy fuck. I have to quit my job. Like, this is just way too fucking much. Like, it was just way too intense. It wasn't even just from touring. It was, like, from everything else with, like, because we're so involved with, like, the band and just, like, fucking, like, you know, just just planning and everything. Like, it was just so overwhelming that I, I already knew that. So I was, like, pulling back from all my schools and whatever. And pretty much, like, for the last, I don't know, maybe four months, I've only had, like, eight students. Whereas in the start of year, I had 70, you know? So I pulled back of everything. So now, like, I've already kind of, like, shifted to this new, new mode. And uh, in, um, yeah. yeah, in the last kind of, like, uh, the last few months for us, pretty much, like, since just, since July, uh, when we got back from Europe and before we went to Sound of Fury this year, um, just pretty much been focusing on that, on, on writing and recording our album. Um, 
and uh yeah awesome and that's coming to a head because we're going to the studio next week um to to do that and i it's a, it, honestly it's a weird thing because like as my mind has been freed up like it was it was it was fucking crazy kind of like for a while because i was teaching like 50 hours a week or something whilst touring and doing everything for the band and like and managing 70 students whilst like you know doing this it was like I was burnt for a minute. Like it was pretty crazy. Uh, um, and now I've just been, ha- had a chance to just kind of breathe and just like pat my cat, yeah. you know, and like hang out with my girl and like, yeah. you know, just go and get some sushi and fucking just sit there for a minute and just fucking drink the tea without having to rush off. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's been good. It's yeah. Been good, you need that. hundred percent. You need that. The balance was like, yeah. And the other thing I will be real on is that like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. And I am so aware that that's like so many people in, in the whole world would love to, to have this kind of experience, man. But it's been actually really fucking overwhelming as well. Like trying to just reckon with it all. And, mm. and then it goes into a bit of a cycle sometimes where I'm like, I feel stressed about something. And I'm like, Holy fuck. Like, I, and then I feel guilty about it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, why do I feel like kind of like mm-hmm. overworked or something overwhelmed? Like I should be enjoying every moment. So I think reflecting on those moments throughout the year was like, okay, I need to like fucking, as I said, yeah, quit my job and then like just find some balance because I'm also super aware that this is finite. Like, you know, bands have a timeline and this is an amazing thing that has happened. It's a gift. I see it as, and I fucking want to reap it and savor it for all it's worth while I'm, while I'm living it right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much where I've been Absolutely. trying to, that's pretty much where I've been trying to like, uh, figure my, figure my brain and figure my, my life out for the last uh, little bit. Yeah. I mean, we're like humans, like we're, we're habitual creatures, right? We like our routines. And when something like magical and an amazing opportunity comes, it's as you have to at some point kind of normalize it. Right. I mean, at some point Dave Grohl normalized being a rock star, you know, and that, that's like kind of funny. Cause I, cause you know, I often feel like sometimes in my life when good things have been happening, I've been so elated that my brain has just gone poof, and I can't even think about replying to an email. I don't know how to string a, a few words together. Mm. So kind of normalizing and getting into that routine of it, um, is, is that part of what you're, what, you know, taking that time is going to be able to do is giving yourself the headspace to be able to acknowledge, respect the situation, see it and like, do your, do, you know, put your best foot forward, be organized, have a strategy, do things the way you want to do it. Is that all part of it for you? I think so. I mean, I mean, generally, yeah. Like, I don't really know if there can be much of a routine or like too much like set in stone structure for this kind of thing because kind of like similar to how we started, like it's kind of, it's been so unprecedented. Like, I guess kind of the experience we've, we've, we've had has happened so quickly. Like, it's like, like speed started at the very end of 2019 COVID in Australia went for like almost three years. So if you take that away, like we've only really been a band for like a year or a year and a half, you know what I'm saying? And like, we kind of had our, our like, quote unquote, like our come up, like a big part of it was during COVID. Like you were saying, you're watching the videos and then like, I assume it's probably maybe we see you when we released that in 2021 in COVID. Like that was like going, doing, doing its thing online. Like we were just sitting at home. We couldn't actually, we could just see it through our screen. Yeah. Six months later, we leave, we leave yeah. my door. Like I go outside and like I see people for the first time. And then I'm like, holy fuck, I'm smacked with reality. Like, 
you know, people out on the street and like yeah. in, in city in the, in Sydney who aren't even hardcore kids, like everywhere, just like hollering at us and shit, like everywhere we go. And it's like life was not like this a year ago. Life was not like this when like we could roam before this. You know what I'm saying? So that yeah. I think is like, and and the, the things like that have kind of been happening, like, like not not exactly that, but I just mean there's been just crazy things that have just, uh, like unexpected things that have just been happening over and over and over and over again, and yeah, it's just like yeah. I. Don't, I, I yeah, I, I think it's um, it's just about. I just want to be as, as as equipped as possible, like mentally and spiritually, to like be able to thrive in these moments and just like and deliver. You know, I don't want to crumble under it. And yeah. uh, and I think everything has been really, really good so far. And I'm really, we're really blessed, man, because like speed, we're really just friends that are doing this. We're just brothers that are doing this. So, and then we were friends and brothers before we even started the band, um, which, in my opinion, is the only way that you can really do a band mm-hmm. to make art with people that you love you know so we're really like close and we talk about everything we work through everything together and just like uh we're on the ride together you know or through all the good stuff and all the hard yeah. stuff so yeah yeah i believe in you i believe in you and i believe you thank you i i really appreciate that because yeah. uh yeah that's sort of like having conversations like this is so sick you know the band has let me do this i can come fucking sit down with you you're in uk i'm here we're talking kind of like leveling on the same thing but we don't even know each other it's just because yeah. of fucking the art you know yeah man and there's something very powerful in in meeting people and speaking to people who were strangers and then within a few moments are no longer strangers <laughs> that's that's a big part that's one of my favorite things ever that's you know? hardcore that's, that's why i get it's, that is hardcore hey jem thank you so much i really appreciate your time i've got one more question yes. if that's cool you know, I started off at the very, at the beginning, I said, I mentioned something like, you know, um, we learn a lot in life by our mistakes and by trying things and realizing they're the wrong thing or, or actually doing things and be like fucking, you know, having the, um, the, uh, the kind of courage to hold your hands up and be like, Oh, that was, I shouldn't have done that. You know, whatever it is. I mean, for me, that comes as like the funny things <laughs> in a lot of jobs that I've worked, I've messed up or I've broken someone's stuff or I've sent the email to the wrong person. I'm talking like innocent stuff. Um, when I say that, you know, I love hearing stories from other people about that kind of stuff. Do you have anything in mind on that kind of level in that kind of frame that, uh, you know, a kind of anecdote that you'd laugh about with your mates or your partner or, or your family? the first job I ever had was at a Chinese restaurant and I was waitering at a Chinese restaurant. And, um, this is, I mean, that's not, but there's not a, I think that, okay. Okay. I'm going to tie this back in the roundabout way. Okay. (laughs) My parents are so, as I said, they're so Westernized. I've been growing up to like, essentially for the first half, like half of, of my life, I thought I was a white person. Um, um, and my friends would call me a banana, you know what I mean? Yellow on the outside, white on the inside. <laughs> and so much of the fact when I got this Chinese job, <laughs> when I got this job at a Chinese restaurant, I was the only I was a kid. I was there. I was the only kid. I was the only one there that couldn't speak Cantonese. And everyone that was there was like mad fob, like fully fucking, like some of them barely even spoke English. And uh, anyways, this is might not even be funny. I, 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 but I was, it's funny to me at least. I was at the, I remember one, one day we were there and uh, the chef was like, hey, can you get the meal? Get the meal, get the meal. And I was like trying to do my best. I was like, I was under pressure every time, like my first job, you know, I try not to fuck it up or whatever. And I also felt like the odd one out too because I was like the Asian kid there that just could not speak. So I was like, oh, meal, get the meal, get the meal. Uh, okay. So I like, 
the kitchen was on one side and the 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 bar was on the completely other side of the restaurant so i ran past back through all the tables and everything got to the bottom there like, meal what's meal like where's the meal here where's the meal i'm looking everything for something that's called meal i was like no ran back i was like sorry bro like what is that meal i want the meal can you get me the meal and i was like meal what the fuck is meal and i'm just looking and i'm stressed and i'm missing orders and like people are waiting for shit and they keep ringing the bell like and i'm like fuck i'm getting distracted with this meal thing i finally go to my boss which i didn't want to ask her for help for like have to fucking trouble her and i'm like hey like and i, I just called her auntie i was like auntie like what is meal like 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 the chef wants the meal like what the fuck is meal and she went to him and he was like he came back and he was like it's milk he wants the milk like he just wants milk but his accent was just like you know you know very honkanese accent so i was like oh. <laughs> and anyway so so i guess now let so many years later in life i uh i have i i've been teaching myself cantonese <laughs> but, uh well i started at least like about four years ago so <laughs> A's, A's. That's, yeah that's not really a mistake or anything but i love that because that's relatable like everyone has has had that thing at work where they're like i don't really know what you're talking about but also i don't want to like make myself look like an idiot so fuck you know you guys man i love that that's really funny yeah and just i don't know <laughs> i'm like i stuff. should really be able to understand you man like you know you just look like my dad bro you know I mean, like, why can't I understand this? <laughs> how, how are you getting along with the Cantonese? Are you doing it on Duolingo? They don't have Cantonese on Duolingo, bro. Like, the world, and the, unfortunately, like, the Chinese world is barring Cantonese. Like, it's just, they're trying to just push Mandarin, you know? It's like, a, it's a political thing. But, uh, okay. no, I'm self, I've just been self-taught, just, uh, just hitting the books and, awesome. um, and speaking and embarrassing myself at every can at every Chinese restaurant. Yeah, literally. That is the way you learn. It is. It is. And uh, I'm just stubborn enough to go and not give a fuck and just speak like like a weirdo. <laughs> Mate, that is my approach to life. Word. I respect that. Hey, thank you so much, Jem. I appreciate the time. This is exactly that your story is there. It's exactly why I do this. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. So there he was, Jem from Speed. What a nice guy. I really enjoyed those stories. The thing that really sticks out to me now is those two channels, the teaching flute and being able to have this platform to give advice and to nurture kids and people younger than us, share that knowledge in the same way we do our hardcore show in our, in our hardcore communities where we go to something, we're part of it and we can share knowledge. We share friendships over years. We learn from each other. Jem really seems to have that down. You know, he's eloquent about it. It's really great hearing him speak really interesting to hear those stories thank you so much for joining like i said if you're able to leave a review or rate it that would be hugely appreciated please subscribe just takes a moment to click that button and means a lot to me and the podcast and tomorrow we'll have benny from the gaslight anthem next week we've got jacob from health which is awesome and lots more to come so i'll see you then cheers
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.